At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is... Going to do the same thing again year after year? Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode four hundred and one, coming to you on Thursday, February fourth. We're going to wrap up National Signing Day, which was yesterday, Wednesday. The Trojans finishing with the number eight class in the country. We're going to break it all down, give you our thoughts, and so much more including the big news of the week. EA Sports is bringing back your favorite football game ever. That's right. All that and more on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, Omni, wherever you can find a podcast. We are there. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is reignoftroy at fansetter.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1-USC-SECOND-WITCH-BRUIN-SHOW. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. It is signing day. We are recording this on signing day. Can you believe that nobody gives a crap because signing day isn't what it used to be, and this this isn't what we used to stand for, and yeah, who 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 cares about signing day now? Like, what? Yeah, I should be juiced up on Mountain Dew kickstarts and coffee, and I should have eaten a whole bunch of powdered donuts and gushers. And all sorts of Cheez-Its and other bad things for me because that was going to be the only way that I get through the day because it would be such a busy, early start, late finish, madhouse of a rush. And instead, I spent most of last night watching a, a endless car chase instead of like pre-writing articles and doing all of that crazy stuff that we used to have to do. Honestly, I think that car chase was really a metaphor for recruiting now. Very long, very slow, very anticlimactic. Yeah. Especially in the end when they just 
arrest the guy off camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's what saying day is. That's I mean, what that's what re- recruiting is now. I feel like recruiting has gone it used to be recruiting back in the day was like on the dark internet, right? Yeah. It was it was, you know, in the nineties, it was deep inside of message boards you'd find stuff about recruiting. In the eighties and, and and whatnot, you you'd have to 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 look at people writing little little uh, neighborhood newspapers and stuff like that to yeah. find things, then it got huge. Uh, the two thousands came, all the recruiting sites blew up. ESPN used to cover all the the announcements. Remember how cool it used to be? We used when, to have like, a war room. Remember that dude? Well, we didn't have the war room, but but we, we used to have a, a war room. room. Yeah, there was a time where. Uh, you know, you, me, uh, our old editor, uh, Matthew Moreno, all would huddle together. We used to have an iPad that was just on Google Analytics for what the site was doing. It was, it was hectic. Um, no longer a thing. But remember the, the guy who committed with the, the alligator? Yeah. Uh, like the, the, the drama of like, people, will they sign the, the, um, LOIs, people running away stuff. with the paperwork. Uh, it was there, great. There was that one year where Adori committed, and then there were like rumors that it, that he was going to have a paperwork issue. And remember, Juju signed and looked Juju like, looked like he was going to cry. Yeah, he was sad. Uh, the, the, I mean, there was the years before that. Um, uh, Manti Teo looked like he was going to cry <laughs> when he picked Notre Dame, and ever all the USC fans were crushed. Joe like Knight picking SC, like so many great moments of and the signing. Mo- so much drama, even. You add in the dat stuff, right? Like, yeah. so many things oh leading up to signing day. Somebody, like a known poster on one of the message boards that I was a member of, like a no, like she she was like well known as like just this you know fan that was out there. She saw D'Anthony Thomas coming home from the airport, decked out in organ gear. And she put that up on the on the message board, and people like flamed her for like starting up crap, but like. She was right that like this was a bad sign. Like that was the kind of crap that was going on in the in the old days of the wild wild west of recruiting. And like the whole year of recruiting revolved around a slow climb with yeah. the anticipation growing, and then the season January, would end in those January. Last three weeks after the it would dead just, period, it would just be in t- like wall. just you know it would start ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and then like the monday before the signing day wednesday it would be like there would start to be you'd get hit with recruits that wanted to to beat the rush and then wednesday was just an absolute in insanity from the beginning of the day to the end and like we don't get that in the december signing day because there's too much other stuff going on Right. There's bull prep and NFL stuff and games going but, on. But and- even then, the culture of recruiting has completely changed. Um, it, it's not like the great signing that we know of moved from February to December because it's not covered the same way. Everyone commits super early now. Um, nobody, There's very few people that are deciding on signing day, whether it's December or February, uh, today, SC goes in, went into sign day with one dude, well, one dude they could potentially get, um, and the drama is just pales in comparison to what it used to be, and it's sad. It, it, it's really sad because you know the the lead up to the Super Bowl um, is here, and this used to be the one day where college football dominated the discussion. It was really college football's version of Christmas, and now it is 
completely nothing. It's an we, afterthought. Yeah, we, we were talking about it, and you know what we've done on Minotroy.com over the years has been so. There was one year where like we wrote like fifty posts in a single day, mm-hmm. and not the same anymore. And no. and I know that you know uh, your 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 day job is a little bit different than it used to be, but. You look at what RainerTroy.com put out this week compared to second days of old, and it's just, it's laughable. Yeah. And that's not a mark on you. That's just a mark on what second well, days of the nature of, yeah, of, of what it is. And yeah, we can't put as much focus on the recruiting stuff when it comes around because this day is not the focus that, that it is in sort of the, the national psyche. So, but, I mean, but, I get things change. Like, I get that that happens, and yeah. I get that for like, players they like being able to be done with it in uh, in December I'm I'm sympathetic to that but I just you know I just want the drama back I want the rush back I want all of that back because even SC getting Corey Foreman that didn't have the weight of you know what it would have felt like with the the drama and the anticipation and the the kaboomness of it that it would have had 5 years ago and I know some people listening well that's because of Clay Helton and blow it's not like it's the landscape of recruiting is just completely changed. I feel like recruiting has just been completely downplayed now. Well, um, recruiting has changed. The transfer portal changes a lot of things. Well, but but the it's timing of everything. The importance of recruiting is at an all time high. But I yeah. feel like the the spectacle of recruiting is at an all all-time time low. low. Yeah, yeah. And and part of it this, this past year is completely different because of COVID. Um, and you know no. Uh, in home visits, I mean, in home visits and and on campus visits, all those things, uh, not a thing. But even still, it, it wasn't uh, signing day wasn't a big deal last year either. So, well, especially yeah. when you look at well, signing day was last year. Signing day hasn't been a big deal since the early signing period hit. Yeah. So, but alas, taking signing day away from us. Yeah. In like ten years, we're gonna be telling stories of the days of old of, like. The young USC fans won't even know what we're talking about. Do you remember Alex Collins when he signed with Arkansas and his mom wouldn't sign the LOI? (laughs) Back in my day, they had hats on the table. Yeah, and then you would look at the hats and you'd say, Hat science. Well, that hat looks like it's a new era. He must be picking that one. Yeah. He's not going to pick the Russell. (laughs) And then you know what would happen? Like, 8% 8% of the time, they'd pick the Russell, and you'd be like, that's the that's one they're the going hat? with? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, anyways, welcome to the Sunday episode. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to look at USC's 2021 recruiting class, uh, as well as uh, touch on everything else that we have to touch on. So it should be a fun episode. But before we get to that, I want to let you guys know that you can head over to Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Rain of Troy for all of our bonus content. Uh, every other Friday, we're putting out a bonus episode. Alicia, last week's bonus episode, I think, might have been one of the most detailed slash fun ones we've done that is just football focused. If you are a person that listens to the pod, you're like, I don't care about what you have to say about anything but football. I want to listen to football, football only, no F1. No uh, Liverpool transference talk, no food takes, no Alicia completely not getting BG's references. Um, Well, maybe that would be in the the bonus (laughs) episode. But 
none of that. Just talking about USC football, uh, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Fred of Troy. We can get the bonus episode from last week, the tier list ranking, where we looked at USC's 2021 roster as it stands right now uh, and ranked every single unit into tiers, uh, elite tiers, good tiers, strong tiers. I don't even remember all the names of the tiers that we had, but we put it, them in tiers. and Elite, strong, fine, concerning, and liability. Yes. Yes. Those were it. And there may or may not be something in each one. You'll have to listen. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash Rain of Troy. We can get all of our bonus content for as little as five fifty-five per month. But Alicia, let's get into Sign Day in the News, shall we? Let's get straight into it. USC going into signing day needed one guy and one guy only. It was high four-star outside linebacker Rajon Davis out of modern day. The six-foot-one, 215-pounder ranked third in California's recruiting rankings and 48th overall nationally in the 24-7 sports composite. And he picks the Trojans just as people expected him to. Yeah, well, I mean, people expected him to in the sort of recent months, but he had been committed to LSU up until late December. And, you know, there was always talk that that USC would would continue to pursue him. But it wasn't it wasn't a a given that Rajon Davis was going to end up in this class, just like it wasn't a given that Corey Foreman was going to end up in this class. And so USC closed really well. Um, I think that we can't discount the importance of landing Corey Foreman in all of this, because I think he legitimizes everything that USC is trying to build towards. So Rajon Davis jumps on board that train, and it's a it's a huge deal for USC to be able to to bring these guys to uh, to to keep them in Los Angeles, not bring them to Los Angeles, keep them in Los Angeles. Uh, Rajon Davis tweeted after he committed a some photos of him, you know, a picture of him with. Pete Carroll at a USC practice, a picture of him decked out in USC gear, all of those kinds of things. Every time you see those pictures of local players, they should be coming to USC. In fact, it shouldn't have been a question in the first place that Rajon Davis would land in USC. I think it's a reflection of where USC fell, you know, fell down a little bit over the last couple of years that we were uncertain about whether or not a guy like Rajon Davis would, would end up at USC, a guy like Corey Foreman would end up at USC. So, this is USC really riding the ship, and I want to give USC credit for it. Absolutely, you know the the work that USC did to have Dante Williams be the 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 guy who made this push for Todd Orlando to have made his push for the support staff, uh, Gavin Morris and Armon Hawkins and all of those guys that they've hired doing really 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 exceptional work out there. But this is where USC should have been all along, and it, it's good that uh, that they're getting back to where they should have been to start with. Yeah, there's so many different ways to look at it. Yes, this is where they should be. Uh, SC finishes with the 8th-ranked class in FBS, another top-ranked class, second in the Pac-12 behind Oregon, who was 6th. This is where USC should be always, 100%. They should have a top-5 class, if no worse than being in the top 10, right? That, that's where that's where they need to be. At the same point, um, it's good on SC to right the ship that was... 
way wrong last year when they had the worst recruiting class in the Pac-12, 12 out of 12 schools. Uh, they were 64th in the country. Um a time where USC signed one out of the top 29 recruits in the state of California last year, Gary Bryant Jr. That was it. One out of the top 29. They come back this year, four out of the top 10. You still got a long ways to go. You had a long ways to lock down California. There's guys like Bo Collins uh, at a Bosco going to, to Clemson. Uh, the, Georgia signed someone in the top 10, right? There's still other schools coming from out of the region into California and taking California's prospects. SC needs to cut those guys off. They did it with Corey Foreman. They did it with Rajon Davis and keep them away from Clemson and LSU, but there's still plenty of room to go. But still, this is also a year in which you look at it and say, COVID played a huge role. And, you know, there was an article, um, was it CBS Sports? That, yeah, Dennis Dodd. Yeah, you know, that... The, uh, that went out earlier this week that I thought was really good. And you wrote about it on com. The nuance of USC's season in 2020, how on one hand, COVID absolutely saves Clay Helton's job by preventing the Trojans from playing Notre Dame, from playing Alabama, from playing at Oregon. All these games that we assume SC would have been surely an underdog to and probably lost and lost by a sizable margin – and would have potentially gotten Clay Helton fired uh, and not been good for the recruiting class. At the same point, you can also say that it's it, it helped in, in other areas, um, certainly too. Yeah, well, USC goes 5-1, and one, and those five victories play a role in landing someone like Corey Foreman. And uh, in that article, uh, USC staffers admit that, like, they wouldn't have gotten Corey Foreman if they hadn't been able to play the games that they did play. And to convince some recruits that, no, they are really building something there at USC. USC fans know. I mean, we we talked about this all the time. The 5-1 and one record failing to win the Pac-12, that was a huge, huge miss for USC pretty much almost makes the, the, the season a failure. At least we can have the discussion about whether or not the season was a failure. But in another sense, from the recruiting sense, the season legitimized USC in a, in a way that they wouldn't have been able to if they'd played a full season and that they wouldn't have been able to if they hadn't played at all. So, like, the fine margins on that, the the narrow window in which USC had to shoot that arrow in order for this whole thing to work out the way it did, for them to end up with these players, was extremely, extremely, extremely narrow. And you think about it, like, Corey Foreman, Rajon Davis, these guys, maybe they do end up going to LSU. Maybe they do end up going to Clemson or Ohio State or other places if COVID hasn't happened and, and A, prevented official visits, and B, also stress the importance of being around your family and being with, you know, the, the, the local uh, scene that you're in. Staying home, I think, matters a little bit more now than it did 12 months ago. Yeah, it matters more because of what the the culture of what we've had to go through in, in the last 11 months with this pandemic, but also the pandemic changed things with, with recruiting. There were no uh, visits, right? So Corey Foreman couldn't just keep going to Clemson. He couldn't just, uh, Rajon Davis couldn't keep, you know, going to Baton Rouge and, and seeing what was going on with Ed Orgeron's program Whereas SC was in the backyard, uh, and SC was a school that those two guys know so much about. So 
SC was able to just use all of that past experience that they had with those players and close the deal. So it, it's really a fascinating, perfect storm for SC, and that's how they go from being 64th last year to 8th in the country this year. Uh, the Trojans signed 22 players up from 12 in 2020, 15 blue chippers up from just two in 2020. That still blows my mind that SC had two blue chipper, blue chippers last year. And how do you define blue chippers? Four and five stars. Yes. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, SC signs four of the top ten recruits in California, as we talked about. Corey Foreman, Rayshon Davis, Miller Moss, and Sierra Wright. Only uh, Gary Bryant Jr. was that guy last year uh, in the entire top 29, which is still staggering. Uh, SC signs the number one player in the country, Corey Foreman. They get 14 early enrollees. We don't know exactly who those are going to be right now. Miller Moss, Anthony Beavers, Brandon Campbell, Michael Jackson are confirmed, uh, along with the four transfers, Keontae Ingram, Katie Nixon, Xavier Alford, and Ishmael Sopcher. Uh, and then the Trojans, you know, signed two quarterbacks to lead the class, Miller Moss and Jackson Dart, uh, along with three three-star offensive linemen, uh, Mason Murphy, Ty Buchanan, and Maximus Gibbs. Um, really, when you look at the class as a whole, what, what, what are your thoughts? It's a really good class. Uh, this is the kind of class that will keep USC chugging along from the talent perspective uh, in, a, in a way that uh, we were worried about. In 2020, when you had the dip of 2019 and then the cratering of 2020, uh, you really needed to recover in a big way. And that's what USC did with this with this 2021 class. So uh, USC got the big men that they needed. Uh, They got the skill guys that they needed. They got a ton of really talented DBs, uh, really versatile DBs that they're going to be able to work with over the next few years. So, you know, I think they hit all the marks that, that you would want to hit. They got you know, tight ends, if they feel like using them, they got the running back that they needed. Um, it just is a really well-rounded class and a really quality class. Um, the the balance of players who are sort of top tier, definite hits, and the players who are sort of middling four stars that you're probably going to go 50-50 on those guys succeeding, and then the three-star guys that you're going to have to see if they develop, like that balance is all right it's in it's in the balance that you would want USC to be in where you know the past couple classes has been way too many of those three-star guys that you hope pan out and that your percentages are pretty low on uh panning out so uh you know I think USC has to be extremely happy and not to mention the quarterbacks they bring in uh really I don't think they I mean could they have done a better job here uh, sure they could have gotten all of the top 10 players in in uh, in California but like as far as the needs that they had and and the players that were available, uh, this class is short a you know top one hundred offensive linemen away from being yeah. uh, offensive linemen from being really really like perfect. I think the offensive line is the pro- is the place that you look at and say that that was the one place that could have gotten better. But a lot of that is an idealistic view, right? Um, well, they get the top linemen in California, right? Mason Murphy. So that goes to show what, what uh, the top offensive lineman was a three star in the in the state of California, which, yeah. which is part of the problem. Yeah, you exactly. Know, we, we talk about so much. It's not just SC now looking at guys who are uh, offensive linemen who are just uh, scheme fits. 
But so much of the problem is that California is not producing the big five-star guys um, that they used to, and and not even really the four-star guys at the same rate that they used to. Yeah. And when they were a couple of years ago, SC missed out on those dudes. When yeah. you look at Sean Ryan and you look at uh, Jonah T at a, at a Narbonne, two-time CIF state champion Narbonne, uh, also Anthony Beavers at a, at a Narbonne. Mm-hmm. But SC missed out on those guys, uh, and then the well dried up, and and now they're well. They missed out on Miles Miles Moreau last year yeah. from Modern Day. Those guys, those are the guys you have to get if you're USC because. That's the best you're going to get as far as the offensive linemen in, in Southern California. It's no coincidence that USC is going hard after Texas these days because I think their idea is Texas is, um, you know, it's not so deep south that it will be a cult- culture shock to try and bring in the uh, the the offensive linemen that they need. But uh, it's it's producing, you know, talent that you can build up there. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see what Clay McGuire brings to the table on that front um, as far as identifying talent from the state of Texas and convincing those guys to end up at USC. But this is always going, this is going to be the uphill battle that USC is climbing for however long for the, for the foreseeable future. Uh, even if USC is really, really good, this will be a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Clay Hilton addressed the media as he always does on signing day. Uh, only quick notes worth noting here. Um, 14 early enrollees, like we mentioned earlier, uh, since they can only sign 12 players and the, they only signed 12 players in the last class, it really creates a lot of room to do back counters, uh, which really opens up a ton of initial counters for this year. Uh, Clayton said they, quote, have a ton of space, uh, which gives USC a lot of room to go after transfers. Uh, and if they don't get transfers in the transfer portal, because we know that right now it's free agency abound in college football. If that's not the case, then you save these up for next year's recruiting class and back count there too. Yeah. I mean, room. And when you, when you got, you know, 14 early enrollees and you signed 12 players last year, uh, you're looking at, you know, room for 10 or so that can get back counted. That's quite a lot of room uh, to, to build up. So I'm very curious how aggressive USC continues to be in the, in the transfer world because the, you know, they've got the guys that they wanted um, in, in the obvious guys in Ingram, Nixon, Alford, and then, and then Sobshire. But you could certainly add an offensive lineman or two. I mean, feel like there are new guys entering the portal every day. So yeah. just keep your eyes open and see what you can get. Yeah, and then there's 11 players uh, that we would call, what, extra seniors or whatever? Yeah. What, what name are we going to throw on these guys? I'm calling them... Super seniors? Well, let's call them super seniors. I like it. All right. Yeah. Super seniors who haven't announced that they're going to the NFL or being in the transfer portal. Uh, they're all expected to return. Uh, that would be Fink, Malapai, Carr, Follow, Croman Hoke, Shermer, Jimmins, uh, Frank Martin, Caleb Tremblay, uh Nick Figueroa and Jordan ISF. I think we all expected those guys to come back. Uh, they are still expected to come back as of now, which is only going to help USC's numbers. Yeah, and, and because the eighty-five man scholarship count is not going to be in effect in twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Uh, so the way I'm sort of thinking about it is these guys. I'm just sort of not even counting their scholarships um, because for the next for for the foreseeable future. The, the scholarship limits aren't going to even be in place, so we don't even need to worry yeah. about these guys. The initial 25 is going to be the gatekeeper. Yes. Um, and even that they're talking about potentially change. I saw the the proposal that the NCAA is, is messing around with 
the idea that um, the 25 would be adjusted so that you can replace anyone who leaves for the NFL or anyone who enters the transfer portal. Huh. Yeah. So like you would get additional, like you'd get your 25 and then, you know, if you had five guys leave for the NFL, you'd get an additional five. That's the NCAA looking at Ryan Abraham's mentions and seeing all the people tweeting. Why don't we get our scholarships back? Hey, Keely Ross is in the transfer portal. Uh, Does this mean that SC gets another player? And then Ryan's like, no, this doesn't mean that SC gets another. Well, now they would. Yeah. Well, I mean, in theory, this is this is a potential solution to the transfer portal madness. Uh, But but either way, the guys who are coming back, uh, we are going to assume until further notice, until they announce that they aren't, we're going to assume that they're all coming back. So uh, among those, you've got, you know, part time starters in Malapai and Carr. You've got a starter in Cromenhoek. Jimmins, uh, Tremblay and Figueroa, and uh, yeah. ISFA you think will be a starter. So those are potentially big returnees. Yeah, I, I want to jump to the mailbag really quick. We got a mailbag question. I just want to get to it now because I think it's on the tip of my tongue um, from Jonathan. Uh, Hello, guys. Now that the 2021 recruiting class is pretty much complete, by signing the number one overall player, number one DB and linebacker in California, do you think USC is on the right path to return to stardom? Consistent Pac-12 title games and potential CFB, CFP appearances, that is what he means. Uh, if yes, can Helton accomplish that? If no, can there be a drop-off in the 2022 class if Helton is fired? Personally, I am tired of fans that can't enjoy the games because they are so hung up on Helton. Why can't we just enjoy the team and the effort the players put out on the field and offer Helton the support that other teams show their coaches? Sorry for the long email fight on Yonatan. I... Like wanted to bring up this email because I think it's very important to mention that SC has been thrown a huge lifeline in everything that has come around with, with COVID. We talked about um, SC could avoid those big defeats that we thought that they would have had last year. Uh, they were able to sign Corey Foreman and, and Ray John Davis because in part because they didn't get to go on visits and all that kind of stuff. But on top of this, the, the massive hole of the last two recruiting classes, 2019, which is ranked, what, 20th or whatever it was, mm-hmm. in, in, it was 20. In, in the country. At the time, that was a historic low for USC. But that class has been boss, the, right? The three star, they, USC has had some three-star successes already come out of that yeah, class. Yeah, so Slovis. It clearly wasn't a yeah. complete failure. They got Drake London. Mm-hmm. They, they got Drake several, Jackson. Yeah, they got several players that have come out to be superstars on this team out of that 2019 class. The 2019 class is overachieved. Mm -hmm. But the most important part, the 2020 class, the 12-man class that was ranked 64th in the country, is being kind of um, augmented by the super seniors, the guys who are coming back, those 11 dudes that we talked about, Fink, Malapai, Carr, Follow, Kroman, Hoax, Shermer, Jimmins, uh, Martin, Tremblay, Figaro, and Hyacepha. Those guys play a huge role here because it puts less of the onus on the guys that, you know, the the three-star development guys in 2019 and 2020 who are going to take time while also buying some time for the 2021 guys, all those blue chippers that we expect to be starters at some point to start to develop so that way they can come in in 2022 and really have hit the ground running. So I think that SC, SC's roster situation is kind of in the perfect spot. We had talked about it before that 
you know, SC needed to win in 2020 because there was going to be this massive drop off in talent with with Hufanga and Amon Ra and, and Tyler Vons and AVT, AVT and all these guys leaving. And then you were going to have to be dealt with the last two recruiting classes being so, you know, low in talents uh, in comparative to previous classes. But that's still the case. But it's less of the case when you're able to bring back guys for their sixth. Uh, act, uh, we talked about seventh. Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Monterbebe going on to play a seventh year at Kansas State. You bring back guys for their fifth and sixth years that you weren't expecting. That certainly helps when you're able to uh, recruit at a level like you know eighth in in the nation, a huge step up from sixty fourth. Well, yeah, all of a sudden the twenty twenty class. Between the seniors coming back, the transfer portal options you have, the 2020, you you can fill that gap in a lot of different ways without even having noticed that you had that dip. Yeah, you mentioned the transfers. I didn't even think about that, too. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, this is is something that that is going to play into USC's favor. I guess the big question that uh, is going to loom over everything, and Jonathan asks it, you know, can Hilton accomplish what this class has set them up to be. I, I think this class does set them up to return to contention and regularly winning the Pac-12 and contending for the college football playoff. I don't think Helton can accomplish that. Um, I think we've seen what you get from Helton. Uh, it, it was It's quite interesting because, you know, we recently got really into Ted Lasso. We actually want to do a, a Ted Lasso podcast on the Patreon at some point. Um but uh, there was a, a whole discussion on Twitter on on Wednesday that I that I saw that was talking about this uh, British soccer coach, uh, the 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 coach of um of uh, Burnley, Burnley yeah. Sean Sean Dyche, and he sort of had like a Ted Lasso moment in his press conference uh, the other day where he was just sort of talking about how like we're you know spend too much time focusing on these like stupid little things. Why don't we like ever talk like let's just like talk about look looky like he's can, can we stop calling it the ted lasso thing it's the ed orgeron thing. it's the ed orgeron thing but it's also like the clay helton thing where and this is ideally what i think usc wishes would happen is uh well so the whole the whole conversation about sean deitch was somebody said we need this man to be a reverse ted lasso come have him coach the coach the uh the, the texans or something like that and there was a discussion about whether or not that would work because the Ted Lasso thing, it's like very clear, like realistically, I don't think this would work. But going back the other way in, in a football sense, that is the Ed Orgeron thing, right? You have a rah-rah guy who is there to unite the team, who's there to inspire the team. And then you have X's and O guys as your coordinators and you can do really great things. And I think ideally that's what USC hopes that they're doing here with Todd Orlando, with Graham Harrell. And uh, and, and with the resources that USC has brought Only in from a the recruiting. The investments and the support staff. Yeah. I don't know that, like, let's say if you're following the Orgeron model, which look at LSU and see how quickly that crumbles, uh, maybe if USC had brought in Dave Aranda uh, instead of him getting hired as, as the Baylor head coach, maybe if USC had had Cliff Kingsbury as the OC, um, that might have worked. I think USC is doing LSU light with Graham Harrell and Todd Orlando. Who I, you know, I like Todd Orlando, but like he's not Dave Aranda as far as like elite defensive coordinator in college right. football. So I don't I don't think that plan will work for USC. So that is where my answer to Jonathan is I don't think so. I I don't think Clay Helton alone can accomplish it. I think if you put Clay Helton as a figurehead and then gave him really good offensive and defensive coordinators, 
they could make up for a lot of his deficiencies, but he's not Nick Saban. He's not Pete Carroll. He's not a kingmaker. So, um, you know, that will be an issue that USC faces. The next question that that uh, Yonatan asked, though, is will there be a drop off in the class of 2022? I don't think so and here's why because you did get Corey Foreman and you did get Sarah Wright and you did get Rajon Davis and you have Dante Williams on staff and anyone who knows anything knows that USC if they were to fire Clay Helton the first call that any head coach that USC brought in should make is to Dante Williams and say you're the associate head coach you, you could have any money you want. You're staying at USC. And so long as Dante Williams is at USC, I think you're keeping Damani Jackson. And if you're keeping Damani Jackson, who's the one of the top recruits in the class of 2022, then your class is going to stay together. And whoever USC brings in to replace Helton will probably, if you do it with the timing right, will probably have enough positive energy around him that it, it won't make that much of a difference. Um, USC has to get that timing right if that's the move they're going to make. But right. I don't think there's any reason that you'll have a, a, a 2022 drop off uh, short of some sort of catastrophe, which is always possible. But yeah, I think the foundation is there that SC has gotten back to a point. Uh, maybe we're naive. We'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But I think SC has gotten to a point where the absolute worst case scenario should still land them in the top 15. Well, what what was USC's recruiting rank ranking for? Yeah, 2019, USC goes 5-7 and seven in 2018, and the 2019 class is still 20th ranked, and they still get Kyle Ford and, that and Drake the, Jackson. That was the bad class. That we yeah, that was about. the bad class, but like they still brought in a bunch of really good players. Yeah, so. and, and those, those players have, have delivered for SC, fortunately, for a quote-unquote bad class. But to go to Jonathan's email, I, I would say that I think SC has the ability to get to the playoff under Clay Helton, and be that number four seed, because like we've talked about it before, uh, those three, those top three teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, you know, those three teams, and obviously they're not always going to be the top three seeds of the playoff, whatever, but those three teams are on a different planet. The next group has Notre Dame, Georgia, uh, maybe A&M in it, right? Um, I don't think I don't think it's impossible for SC to get in that group if everything comes right for a season. Do I think that every like would I bet on it? No, but I think SC could get there. The problem is that getting there still means being thirty points off the pace in the playoff. Yeah. So is that the ultimate goal? No, the ultimate goal is to get back to that that upper echelon, and so many different programs are having that issue. Um, I think that SC is in the spot where if they are going to win a championship, um, a national championship, it's going to be on the Ed Ogeron model. I do agree with you that like they're, they don't have Aranda and Joe Brady ended up being an all-world uh, play caller and all that stuff, and, and they're not at that level. But at least they, SC has the foundation of support staff and everything to try to help out in that aspect, but they're not there yet for sure. Um, Anyways, um, let's just get to that other mailbag question. Just wrap this mailbag up in here before we get to talking about uh, video games. You know, 
the video game. The only video game that matters. That's right. So we got a Slack message from Pacific Northwest Steve. It says, we all know Bone helped orchestrate the assistant and staff hires. How many times during the offseason did Bone and Helton meet to discuss possible strategies and changes? Are they over or under this offseason, or does Bone hide these meetings with the public to help Clay's image? Um, I don't, I don't think there's any hiding of, of any, like, I don't know how often they would be in communication, but we do know. I think you should be in communication whether you're 12 and 0 or 0 and 12. Yeah. The AD should be constantly paying attention to what's going on with the football team and, and have his, uh, have his, his finger on the pulse there. And that's what any good AD I think, I think would do. So, uh, especially right now where it's not like bone is out glad handing people he can't be out glad handing people so the only thing he can do really is to just sort of like keep an eye on the football team and that's what his job should be um the thing is that uh that i know that helton in his post signing day press conference on uh, on wednesday thanked president fult and and thanked uh mike bone for the support that they've given to the program and I, I'm trying to find the exact quote that, that he said, but it was essentially, you know, they came to him and said, what do you need? You know, what do you need to make this successful? And, and they were sort of offering those resources uh, to him. And I think that's that's the that's the thing that you want to hear from the AD. That's the thing you want to hear from the president. So, um, I yeah, I, I think that that you want to have as much contact between them as possible. But I'm not sure that it has anything to do with like Clay's image. I don't. I don't know that that's the factor. I think if you're Mike Bone, the way that you help Clay's image is by giving him every resource that you possibly can. And I don't think saying that is gonna hurt Clay's image. And I mean, Clay's image is already Clay's not, image is like, what Clay's image is. Yeah. Right. Uh, to recruits, it's not a problematic image in the sense of recruits still love him. Recruits like him. Yeah. yeah. Um. You only don't like Clay Helton uh, if you're a recruit because of the potential of of instability if he gets fired, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's not liking Clay Helton. I think that's distrusting his job security. Right. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that'll wrap up the mailbag. A little impromptu mailbag here. Uh, shoot. We have one more little news item. One more little thing. Seth Dagey, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> USC's new tight ends coach. In three words, tell me your thoughts. Uh, no different JDB. I was going to say, sure, why not? I mean, All right, let's yeah. <laughs> let's get to talking about the world's greatest video game. Alicia, on Tuesday, EA Sports, you know, EA Sports. It's in the game. That's right. They announced on Tuesday... That EA Sports College Football is coming. Not NCAA football. College football is being rebranded as it originally was back in 95. EA Sports College Football coming back. There's an undetermined timetable. They're still in the early stages of development, putting a development team together and all that stuff. But they have committed to it enough to announce the game is coming. Um, I would assume 2023 at the earliest. Could come in 2022. I think I speak for everyone when I say, release it when you're ready. Don't rush this thing. (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I want it tomorrow, but but don't don't screw it up. I would rather wait an extra year to get this game than for this game to be released and it be as bad as Madden. Sure. Yeah. Uh, per ESPN, EA Sports partnered with collegiate licensing company CLC to make sure that it had FBS schools, traditions, uniforms, and playbooks, among other things, ready to go for the game with over 100 teams being in the game. But the big one is that EA Sports is banking on having real names of players in there. This certainly would require uh, changes to the name, image, and likeness rules. Uh, this all according to ESPN. Uh, but all those rules are kind of changing anyways. Um, the the state of Florida, I think it changes July 1st. Um, things change there. And we know with California, it's changing in 2023. Um, so it would make sense that pre-launch, those those things would change before uh, the NCAA is, I mean, the EA Sports is able to put the game out. Well, I mean, even the announcement when they made it, they they say we're not going to have names, we're not going to have players, we're just going to be like they the old, publicly. the old, yeah. Bla- yeah, the old like blank rosters, and so like that's like as soon as they said that thing, like that was clearly to me like a whole like a wink, wink, and a nod, nod about. I mean, if we're, this is going to come out next year, and it's going to be all a okay. No, no, no. It's going to come out when the NLI stuff is is is. Uh... Can I be honest though? What if you buy the game because of the freaking roster? I don't give a crap you're, about you're, the roster. This is not what the game is about. No, no. I mean, a I can always and, and depend on some cool. rando. It's cool to get those those random rosters are super clutch. Yeah. But that's just a starting point. Yeah, I don't that need those rosters. That matters like 5% in terms of my happiness about this game are are the players. Well, because let's be real. Most of us, at least I speak for myself, were playing franchises that were five years down the line anyways and exactly. had unrecognizable players that were computer generated. Yeah. And if you're picking USC, um, if you're a USC fan picking USC, it's lame. I, I would be a USC fan who would pick USC, but I would always go to like a stupid offensive system or something like that just to make it interesting like i ran the uh the triple option with aaron corp you were one of those yeah see i was somebody that i would pick an independent team and then try to get them um into oh well a, i'd also a, do a conference so I, I'd, I'd also do things with navy i'd, I'd make cre- my own team i'd create schools yeah, yeah. i'd love I, to create schools. like roosevelt university yeah i, I um uh, I was Army at one point. I was BYU for a while. I always picked teams based on good uniforms and colors and mm-hmm. fight songs. That's the key. Because what we remember about this game is me taking BYU to the national championship and like winning a bunch of Heismans, right? Well, and that's the other thing, too. It's like the NCAA games never had the aura around them of like the individual players the way that like... Michael Vick in 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 Madden or right. or you know Bo Jackson or whatever it was like I mean RB number five was very good well RB number five was very Clearly. good but like RB number five was not like a you know God button or anything like that like your enjoyment of the game didn't have to be it didn't have to like be contingent on RB number five being there because there was always some other RB number twenty five that. Yeah, would come around the next year and you'd win the Heisman with that dude. And the whole point was the recruiting aspect of it and finding the next great RB25, who at that point would have a name and it would be like Seth 
green or like yeah like jackson williams or something drake jackson yeah. i mean jackson drake drake london yeah sure what? london drake sure. uh but to really get into the mood we want to talk about the 10 things we want to see in the game which are really the five things we want to see in the game we've each come with our own five we'll go back and forth alicia you can kick this thing off tell me one thing you want to see in the game one of your five things you want to see in espn college football 24 or whatever this is. I want an uber detailed uniform editor. Ooh, and I, like I that. base this on you have the NHL whatever year they've decided to put tag on yeah. the game. 21. And you spent how many hours? Like you probably spent two hours just cycling through the combinations of different kind of so, color so choices. Yeah, school. create. I want, I want to, but more than anything, because like the create. I would create a school with the old game, but you were pretty limited in your uniform choices. I mean, they had a uniform editor. I think I would just start with just having a uniform editor of some variety. But like the way having watched you do the NHL one, the degree to which you can change sizes of stripes and styles of stripes and like move things around on it. Like we are modern video game consoles. Like give me. You can't. To to clarify, you can't change the size of stripes and stuff. It's just that there's like 80 different templates. Yeah. So you can find one that has the size of stripes that you want. Right. But like, so like, you're, the way that editor in, in NHL, and maybe it's, it's, maybe you, it's you like can, this in other games. You can find, there's a million different color inputs. Yes. And just like endless possibilities. Endless. And... Uh, you, oh, you can change the size of logos on, like, the helmet and stuff yeah. like that. Like, all of that kind of stuff. That's what I want. I want not just a uniform editor, because that is essential, but, like, an uber detailed to the point where, like, I could just create anything. Like, that could be the game. Like, I wouldn't even need to play football. I could sit there for, like, hours and just, like, create franchises. And, yeah, and, Dare Tola U. Yeah, Dare Tola U. Or, you know, like, Empire U, like I did. Or Kings U. Yeah, that'd be legit. Um, you haven't played Gran Turismo Sport, but Gran Turismo Sport has a livery editor, mm-hmm. um, which is better than the F1 livery well, editor. Well, the F1 or, livery editor isn't that good, though. Like, no, it's, it's, it's pretty just, limited. You're just changing color. Yeah. But Gran Turismo Sport, you can go in and like you put things where they are on the car and on the helmet and like change the size and the shape. You can literally design anything. Um, I don't know if you want to go that detailed, but something (laughs) akin to at least the NHL um, creative team, I think, would be a really good start. I like that one. Uh, My first thing that I want to see in this game is really something I don't want in the game, actually. Do not go all in on CF Butt. I don't know what that means. CF Butt. That's what I'm calling it, because that's what it would be. It would be Butt. Um... I, I do not want a college football equivalent of fucks oh, or mutts. Oh, yes. Don't, okay, hold on. Get the hell out of here with the ultimate team Which, garbage. Which, by the way, is why all those EA sports games ultimately suck, because they've put all of their energy into developing the butt and the foot and the mutt and all that kind of stuff. Now, the sad thing is that's where they make all their money. So, of course, yes. that's going to be the thing. Well, I, but so, like, that's the but, thing I care least about. But this is why... I would like to keep the DLC to things like that are cosmetic, like uniforms, yes. stadiums. 
Maybe that creative. You're talking about the the creative school. I will pay whatever DLC they want me to. Maybe that there's for the detailed creative. There's school. different packages, and for five bucks, you can you can buy. Uh, oh, and then they update twenty different uniform combos. And then they update like and put out a new you know Christmas themed package, and I pay five bucks for it. Yeah, hell yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, give me give me DLC DLC downloadable content if you if you don't know that is not focused on gameplay. Because I don't want that thing to be the priority of what the development of the game is. Yes. And when it's when the the, the DLC is so hyper focused on things like Mutt and Foot and Hut, you end up with this game where the the franchise mode is is really handcuffed. Which the franchise mode should be for this game. The franchise the priority. mode priority is, is the. This the is priority. why people play. People yes. don't miss NCAA football because of the online play. No, they miss it. Well, they they miss it because of Dynasty mode, which yes. has an online element. Yes, 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 but not not like the random games that you yeah. just play randomly. No, they miss creating a dynasty, creating correct the program. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about being a coach and being a dynasty and and taking Podunk U and turning them into a dynasty that's winning Heisman's. And yeah. they're like, you've won eight national championships and eight Heisman trophies at Ball State. That's what the point of this game is. Yeah. Keep it that way. Uh, what's your What's your next thing? Yeah, my next thing. I hope it's not too close, too similar to to what my first thing was. But my first thing was very specific that I wanted design uniforms. I also want to be able to edit stadiums. And I don't know if this is realistic, but like give me the ability to mess around with every aspect of my program, whether it be state and now when I say maybe I should say stadiums and facilities. Like there should be some detailed facility stuff that's going on. Like you get to decide like why like how how ramped up your locker rooms are going to be and that's like part of the recruiting stuff that you can do like i want just deep detail kind of stuff so stuff that's maybe not necessarily visual not necessarily visual but like that i can upgrade or that i can tweak or you know i think there would be some fun visual stuff about like uh cosmetic um uh like where your banners are hanging or what kind of banners you hang maybe change the the the, field the field field and the the color of the seats or like you can do Which is stadium. available in NHL 21. Can you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, you, you have a whole in, stadium editor in NHL, NHL 21. You can change the color of the seats and all that. You stuff. can choose what uh, the, what kind of graphics play up on the, yeah, the what, video what board. Yeah, what song plays and, when you score. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Like, when you score, do, do, is there fog or is there fire? Like, all those kind of things. Yeah, your pregame entrance, all of that kind of stuff. And you can wrap it into recruiting because then you're sort of giving the the... the recruiting experience and you can get feedback from recruits about whether or not you know what they liked what they didn't like blah blah blah, all of that i like it this plays into my big thing which is as a head coach of the program you can earn money points some sort of currency i don't care what it is with some sort of currency xp i don't care what the hell it is um for the school to spend on additional support staff recruiting aides Coaching funds, whatever it is, uh, because recruiting ability and coach coaching prestige shouldn't just be like a rating that improves and like never declines. Yeah, it should decline. Yeah, it it should be tied to playing the game. It should how be do like you, how do you in, improve your facilities? How do you do you sign a graphic designer? Does that help you? Does 
Do you do this? Do you do that? In yeah. Madden, you can sign um, better trainers. So can you do all those things? And can you do it in a way financially that makes sense? And you have to earn the ability to to get more money. Uh, you have goals of like, well, if you win six games, you can talk to this donor and open up yeah. that, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. All of those financial like investment stuff, the investment yeah. element of where are you investing your money? Are you investing it in facilities? Are you investing it into personnel? Um, some programs, like if you're Alabama, you can probably just splash cash everywhere. This, that, and that and the other thing. But it would be fun to be Podunk U and have to manage your way through the fact that Podunk U is Podunk U and they have no money. Like, and how do yeah. you build it up? Yeah, that'd be legit. And then, and then when you go and you move from Podunk U to to bigger U, or all whatever, of a sudden, some of that stuff carries with you, but some of it you got to start all over. Again. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. What's your next thing? All right, my next thing is uh, something very basic that I'm sure will be in it, but I think they've got to figure out the transfer portal and how to make it work. Because the transfer portal, they could just sort of skin it as sort of recruiting, but I think it's got to have a different feel. The transfer portal has to feel different than recruiting. It has to feel more like NFL free agency um, in in like Madden, and I don't know exactly how they're going to do it because it's not like you can like, offer salaries and kind of stuff but like maybe you have to appeal to different things and you gotta recruit players. your own players back yeah you have to recruit your own players back yeah yeah they can enter the transfer portal you can convince them to come back maybe they do maybe they don't all that kind of stuff that'll be another element of the game that i'm sure they will have in it i just kind of want them to put some thought into the best way to make it feel unique right because i don't want it to just be another recruiting skin 100 percent, 100 percent. i Agree with that. Uh, mine would be, I want to see a more robust coaching carousel. So you want the transfer portal, I want a coaching carousel. The, from what I remember about NCAA 14, we haven't. I feel like I just haven't played it enough. I need to go back and play my, my um, dynasty mode more. The coaching carousel was a big part of it. And your coordinators were a part of it. I want to go even freaking deeper. Your assistant coaches? Yeah. And so you go in there and your head coaches have to recruit assistant coaches like they do players. Mm -hmm. So it's the same way. Uh, You're competing financially against other schools, even NFL teams. And, you know, I I play FIFA a lot. I hate cutscenes. But the only value of the cutscenes in FIFA that have the, the... the negotiation tactics mm-hmm. is it gives you a million different options um, of uh, what are you going to do for a sell on clause and stuff like this? Uh, how many years do you want the contract and all this stuff like that? Those type of things I think you you can do for negotiations, not only with your players um, that you're recruiting, but with your coaches that you're recruiting too, because it's the same thing. Um, well, and just and- have it skin different. Like really all three things can be the same recruiting, Transfer portal and coaching carousel can all be the same, but they can be built in the same engine, but, but slightly, slightly different. different. Well, and then if you had if you had a mechanism where you had assistant coaches, you could treat them as a recruiter. So now your assistant coaches exactly. will have recruiting ranks, and you're going to assign your Dante Williams to the the big number one recruit, and just just like you assign scouts in FIFA to go find you some guys. Right. Right. And there will be coaches who are really good at developing players, but not good at recruiting them. So that's something that you'll have to balance. Like, is it worth having this offensive line coach if, 
you know, he's he's not going to get the big time recruits. Yeah, like, do you want to get the Clancy Pendergast? Or are you going to be Adrian Clem and be really, really good at recruiting guys, but not a very good, you know, tactical uh, schematic coach? So, yeah, a we lot also of call those Chris Kiffins. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, All right, sure. my next one is. Uh, scheme fits. So this is something that's in Madden that I really like. I had like. this on my list and then took it off. Oh, but cool. It's, it's a good one. Cool, cool, cool. So um, it, in the idea that players will have a scheme fit that will work for or against them. So, for instance, if you're at USC and you do like what I used to do, which is I come to USC and then I run the triple option, well... That's not going to necessarily fit the players that are like if you are going to transition offenses or transition defenses, it will have an impact on the players that you have available to you because they were recruited for a different offense or they were recruited for a different defense. So that kind of thing, I think, is cool that they could just translate pretty directly over from um, from Madden. Yeah. See, my one that I replaced that with was go more detail on X's and O's. Um, which would mean advanced custom playbooks, custom and adjustable schemes that take significant weight from the coordinators. Um, but this really also plays off having the archetypes and the scheme fits of players. One of my biggest frustrations in Madden, while I love the scheme fit thing and being able to train and your players uh, develop faster um, and more efficiently when they are a scheme fit than if they aren't, which totally makes sense. But each of your coaches has a scheme fit. Yeah. And then each of your whatever has a has a whatever. And I think the best part about this would be, and now that I'm thinking about this, this kind of all comes together, each coach that you bring on has a scheme fit mm-hmm. or or has an emphasis of players that they can work with. They they have a coaching fit that works with the scheme fit or player archetype, right? So yeah. like you can say that this guy this receiver's coach develops deep threat wide receivers. This offensive line coach develops agile uh, offensive linemen, whatever it is. So my problem with Madden is that you can set your scheme, but your scheme is set in total. So if you are going to be a West Coast offense, it says, okay, well, your West Coast offense means that your receivers should be deep threat. Your offensive line should be this. And your, your, your def- your, every position group should be whatever it is. I want the ability to change that on a nuclear level. Yeah. To go in there and say, I want my offensive line to be this. I want my uh, running backs to be this. And maybe having two different types. You Because ha- in, in the game, it is insane in Madden that your running backs have a scheme fit. Because don't you want running backs? You want an elusive guy and a receiving guy and a power guy. Yeah. Why are they all the same? Yeah. So... Whatever it is, you have some flexibility in there, and maybe coaches have the ability to where they have two. They have they can coach two scheme fits. Yeah, they can coach a, a deep threat receiver and a route runner. And your your best position coaches, heck, they can do three different scheme fits. Like that's how good they are. Yeah, or their special whatever it is. I think that those aspects of the game really matter. Make your coaches matter with the scheme fits. Make each coach have significant value and then when you get hired away from podunk you and you go to wherever else you go then you can go back and hire your 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 staffers you go back and you can you can bring your uh your ken norton juniors up with you to the nfl or or not to the nfl but to the next level yeah yeah i like that a lot 
Now, it's interesting, though, because my last one, it kind of goes not quite against, but it, it kind of pour, pour some water on some of the more detailed stuff that we're we're talking about. And by the and this is I want it to be more arcade feeling than Madden. And by that, I mean, like Madden feels like they're trying to be a football simulator and it gets like it's 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 too detailed. It's too uh, the gameplay. I don't know if it's maybe just their mechanics are so bad that it like it makes it not fun for me. I mean, you obviously play it. So um well, my memory of NCAA was always that it was more accessible than Madden has become. And I I want it to feel accessible. Like, I don't want to feel like it has to be my full-time job to run an offense in order to run an offense. Like, I get you want to be able to read defenses and stuff like that, but also, like, I am not a professional quarterback. I do not have time to study film. I do not have time to like do all that kind of stuff to 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 go that schematic in things. Like I think some of the things that we've been talking about are more management kind of stuff and I think I enjoy that. I don't enjoy the you know, you can't run that play against a single high safety because right. the, you know, weak side linebacker is going to uh, drop well, down. Especially like, in college when these players aren't as infallible as they are in the NFL. Yeah. So you could. Like, yeah. You, you could do something stupid in college football and get away with it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin ran a million bubble screens, right? Everyone yeah. knew they were coming and it worked with Nelson Aguilar. It didn't work two years before, but it sure as hell worked with Nelson Aguilar against Cal when he had 16 catches. Yes. So... Yeah, I, I I I agree. I think there's a sweet spot though, because when people say that they hate Madden and Madden is dropped off, Madden is garbage now. I always I always look at it interestingly because the game itself is so much closer to a simulation than it ever was. You can see that the gameplay and the engine of the game is better than it's ever been in that sense. However, yes, there is um it's difficult to, to, to learn if you haven't played in a while. I'm in a Madden League, and this is the third year that I'm in it, and I feel like just now I'm finally in a place where I'm more comfortable playing Madden than I was, you know, uh, two years ago, right? Yeah. And it's sh- th- this game shouldn't have that much of a learning curve, but I think you don't want the game to be NFL Blitz. You don't yeah. want it to be an arcade. There's a sweet spot where you need it to be serious and competitive and and really be football savvy, um, but also be um, enough uh, of an entry level product to allow people to play it and have fun and not be perfect. I don't know where that is. I don't know where that nuance is. Maybe it's all about. Maybe it's something that they can take away from. So now that EA Sports owns Codemasters. And the F1 games. I was going to bring up the F1 games. The F1 because game is fascinating. The F1 games are specifically not simulators. It's not a simulator, but it looks like a simulator. It, feels, it acts like a simulator, yeah, but it's not a simulator. But it's not doing the things that a simulator would ask you to do in that you need to be a professional in order to do it well. Yes. Like a novice can pick it up and it might take a le- there might be a learning curve. But you can pick it up, and that's yeah, a sort novice of can pick it up, and someone who is used to Sims, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can pick it up too. And maybe that's the nuance, and maybe it's as simple as, uh, you know, the the F one game has a really nuanced um, AI meter 
where you literally turn up the value of the AI from zero to 110%, yeah. which is way different than we, you see with um, with Madden when you go to rookie and veteran, or I don't even remember the levels, all pro, all Madden, well, whatever and, it is. And I don't play the, Madden, but... Those those jumps are huge. Well, in FIFA, I was going to bring up the, the one I always feel like in FIFA is that like I am t- way too good at FIFA to play on professional but I am not good enough at FIFA to play on world class. So, yeah. like, I wish there was an in-between. I need, like, the nine and a half of that. And it shouldn't require you to go into the gameplay sliders and, like, have to adjust that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Adjust those things on, you know, a very simple level. Because so, I don't. you don't want the game, you don't want it to be, if I'm on this level, I'm winning by 70 points every single game. And if I'm on this level, level I'm losing by 30 points every game. Like... You right. need to be able to have your difficulty sweet spot. Yeah, and that's what's great about F1. You can literally just nudge it up a notch, yeah. nudge it down uh, until it fits your needs, which is great. Um, my last thing I want in this game is really another thing. It's a something I want, but it's also a, a warning of something I don't want. Do not sign a licensing deal with ESPN or Fox. For presentation <laughs> and it i don't want the game like create your own product and i understand that this takes more effort but like skinning it espn or, or fox or whatever it is means you're behold yes the the espn graphics or the fox graphics would be super easy to plug all that stuff in but then you're beholden to their to to whoever whoever they want is the broadcasters I want nostalgia. Do not pull a, a do not bring in ESPN to to put in whoever they want. And do not pull a Madden and go out and hire an unknown like Brandon Godden. Brandon Godden's fine on Madden, but no one knows who the hell he is. I don't even think he calls NFL games, does he? Like I, I don't no even idea. know who he is. Are no. you saying satisfy you want- my, my nostalgia? I want Brad Nestler and I want Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah. <laughs> and I want some input from Lee Corso. <laughs> That's yeah. who I want. And I know that those guys are on different networks. I don't care. Get it done. Yeah. 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 That's a struggle. I don't think. I think of all the things that we have detailed here, that's probably the one I would least oh, you, expect you- to, to happen. You want my galaxy brain or really uh, high level opinion on this? Yeah. I would love for them to do something like FIFA, where FIFA has, depending on what competition you're in, mm-hmm. the not only do, do, does the can the announcer change. Uh, I I, th- I think this year it's just all Derek Ray, but um, in past years you could get Derek Ray or Clive Stivesley calling mm-hmm. the games, um, and then the graphic package changes whether it's a Premier League game or a League Cup game, or whatever, or Champions League. Like, those kind of things would be great if you go into a game and it's uh, the college football playoff. Or, um, or a Pac-12 game, an out-of-conference game. Heck, you want to get crazy on this? This is less of a thing now uh, than it was back in old school, like, college football. Um, but make a thing where you have like three or four different broadcasting teams. And I get that logistically that's hard to do, but when you're on, when you're playing for Podunk U, your, uh, the broadcasting level is different. 
Like um, they're like the 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 school uh, J school uh, interns doing the broadcasting maybe level. The, maybe not that low, but like it's like regional Q. TV, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the national guys in the game they used to have whether uh, whether or not a a, t- a a big game is gonna be on regional TV or or prime time or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have those things where. When you're on regional TV, it actually shows that you're on regional TV. You have a different set of broadcasters. The the score bugs are different. Whatever it is, um, and then those things affect your recruiting. the The bigger games you are, the better the yeah. better broadcasting on team TV and, and, and all that stuff. Nucle- uh, be- nuclear <laughs> being on national TV. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, I and while we've been talking, I just decided there's another thing that I. I'm going to bring up, but absolutely do not want. But since we're getting really like minute in the things that we're saying that they should uh, develop here, what, how infuriating would it be if they had referee scales? Like in the Pac 12, the refs are constantly calling pass interference. In the SEC, they're letting more stuff go. In the Pac 12, you're Sort of a, every every play is a random roll of the dice about whether or not the the ref is going to screw you for no reason. You know those kind just make it feel real, right? That would be that'd be incredible. I, I think that um, one thing I love about NCAA fourteen is the ability to create your own conferences. Yes, um, the oh, conference editor, conference realignment. I want, that, <gasps> I want that conference realignment editor to be, but with even more freedom. Yes, more freedom. I want you to be able to create your own conference, like completely, create a logo, whatever it is, create the own your own conference. I don't want you to have to have all ten conferences, and this conference has to have this many teams. Like yeah. those limiting factors are annoying. Because if you wanted to do the super conference thing, right, you should be allowed you to do the have super four conference. conferences. Only have four conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to dump some teams down to Division Two or to FCS or whatever, or not have them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if it, the equivalent in the game would be just like relegate them. They're but, they're out. Well, the equivalent in the game is just, they're just not in it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it, so, if you wanted to have, if you wanted to run an NFL style thing where you only had thirty two teams, you should be able to do that. And yeah. You should be able to create your conferences of whatever they are. But I also want to go in and create, and you can do this in the game, uh, in in twenty in, in uh, NCAA fourteen to a degree. But I want more conference options. So yeah, like you said, our referees lax. Are they strict? Yeah. Uh, like in to go back to F one in F one, you can change whether or not rules are strict or lax. Like you can change those things. So in this conference, are rules lax or, or, or strict? In this conference, uh, how many games do they play? How many conference games do they play? Um, are there? Um, how do they choose a champion? How do they choose a champion? And, and a lot of those elements are in NCAA fourteen, just which make makes me think that they would keep it. Yeah. But just go. Go bananas on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I, I think I think it would really be awesome if they went all in on the idea of allowing conference realignment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which they have already. I, 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 yeah. Just just make it. Just make it. Free. Open it up. Yeah. Let make, it be, make it a let it be the, the wild, wild west. Yeah. For sure. Uh, anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode. Let us know your thoughts. What do you want to see in NCAA? Sorry. 
in in EA ourselves. Sports College Football. Yeah, college football in EA Sports College Football. Uh, CFB twenty four, whatever. The yeah, hell let's it's just call be. it CFB twenty whatever. Sure. Uh, whatever it's going to be, let us know what you want to think. Let us know what you thought about CFB TBD. CFB TBD. Sure. Or if there's British, it'd be TBC. Or TBA. TBU. Who's TBU? That'd be USA. No, that's yeah. That's right. What uh, was TBA though? To be announced. Announced. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, TBC is to be confirmed. Yeah. It's also to be classified. There's like, all yeah. these things Weird that mean the same stuff. exact thing that are just slightly, yeah. slightly different. It's TBD. Yeah. Anyways, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts about what we said. As always, our email address is rainofdroy at fansided.com. Phone number 213-373-1872. Give us your thoughts on Twitter, on Patreon, on Facebook, and you can get our bonus episodes over on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash rainofdroy. We can get all of our bonus content for as little as five fifty-five per month. Uh, we get bonus episodes every other Friday. We did one last Friday. We're going to do one next Friday. But go back and uh, join us, and then it opens up the entire catalog. You can go back and listen to any bonus episode we've ever recorded. They're all in there. All of them. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Go binge uh, anything we've ever done, uh, including... Uh, Robot's choices from years ago, whatever you throwback, want. Uh, throwback Thursdays or Our throwback commentary whatever of, I called them. Uh, remember the Titans? Remember the Titans commentary, uh, all sorts of... During the war, we call, talked about uh, Breaking commits. Bad. Yeah. yeah, we did a whole Breaking Bad thing that we never did the final yeah, episode. The, the entire people library. ask us about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll get uh, to it. The entire library over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Uh, at least you got a final word? The final word is excitement. All right. As in, I'm excited. I'm experiencing excitement about uh, CFB TBD. Me too. Me too. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, until then, we'll see you. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.